Hello, Los Angeles. Hello, fans of Major League Soccer. Hello, lovers of the beautiful game. And of course, hello to the millions and millions of Defenders of the Bank listeners. This is episode 251. Ooh, we what a mother smurfing day. We are currently coming to you live, at least I am, live and alive from world-famous Monster Studios. I am the platinum-colored hair flamingo. My name is Christian Philly Philemon. And joining me, a mere 33 or so miles away, which in L.A. that means two days worth of driving, the mouth of the South Bay himself, J.R. Liebert. Scarf. What's good? I am also alive, much like Philly, and very excited to be here in front of the world-famous Scarf while Lawndale, California. It is 12.30 in the morning. It is no longer game day. It's the morning after game day. Jeez. Game day was 33 minutes ago. Oh. <sighs> Let me tell you, that was just what we needed. A huge victory before we get set to play in just, oh, 48 plus, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, maybe 60 hours or so. I don't know. We got a lot of hours, but not very many in between now and our next game. An incredible three points by LAFC, a team that was looking a little tired. And I think once again, what we saw today was Steve Trundolo pressing all the right buttons at all the right times. A huge three points. And Philly, we haven't been able to say it this season. But LAFC is now best in the West. Working on best in MLS. Certainly going to finish being best in CONCACAF in just a few short weeks. But Philly, oh, it feels good to be back at the top of the mountain. Oh, it certainly does, and uh, it was only a matter of time before we would leapfrog the Seattle Sounders. Shocking result for the Sounders, losing two to nothing, two to nil to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Hey, thank you to our brethren in the way, way up north of the Pacific Northwest and across the border. It certainly does feel good to be best in the West, but I can't say I can't wait to say best in MLS. And speaking of which. After this weekend, there are only two teams that can lay claim to the fact that they're averaging two points per game. It's us. And oddly enough, FC Cincinnati, they beat the Columbus crew in the This Is Hell rivalry, which is quickly becoming one of the better ones in Major League Soccer. But a rivalry that's uh, starting to change hands in terms of interest, obviously being that in L.A., uh, FC with the San Jose Earthquakes. And this different Cali Classico, if you will, is uh, is certainly taking its shape to be a fun game. And these guys have uh, certainly turned out to be much better this season than they have in previous years. Absolutely. Look, we just want to remind everybody, first and foremost, top of the episode, of course, Defenders of the Bank is sponsored by Flex Power Tools, flexpowertools.com. Head on over to flexpowertools.com for all your power tool needs. But you should also head on over to Lowe's in Hawthorne, On Thursday, May 25th, we have a meet and greet with none other than Ryan Hollingshead. Come hang out. Ryan Hollingshead, he is such a nice guy. This is what our third meet and greet with Ryan Hollingshead at these Lowe's events. 
And he has stopped and said hi and spoke with and will take pictures with and hang out with everybody who comes to the event. Ryan is such a good dude. Again, that is Thursday, May 25th at the Lowe's in Hawthorne, which is great for me. Not so great for you, bud. Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for the time that we get to do a Lowe's event, like right around the corner from my joy. It'd be nice to walk to one of these events rather than drive constantly to the South Bay. But all that means is I get to see you and hang out with you. So there's there's your silver lining, if you will. We get to have dinner. It's going to be fun. We're going to go to Lowe's. We're going to hang out with Ryan Hollingshead. We're going to see our, our good friends over at Flex. And then we'll go to dinner. It'll be great. It'll be nice. Perfect. Where are we going? I have no idea yet. We'll see. Oh. You, but you know you, it'll be good. It'll be well, maybe we can get sushi or ramen or something yummy. Sounds good to me. Love we'll it. We'll table this conversation till next week. Right, right. I <laughs> uh, just want to remind everybody that the uh, Mauricio Facio futsal court fundraising effort is underway. We want to get this court funded and built. Please head on over to lafc.com backslash mo hyphen Facio F A S C I O and. Philly, I'm going to throw it out there. I think we can get a lot of donations if we just ask for $10 a person for our Captain Carlos, number 10. And if you don't know why, stick around on the podcast because you're going to need to know why Captain Carlos doing what he needed to do. $10 donation for number 10. What do you got? Uh, how about 90 plus four, uh, 94th, 94 for the 94th minute in which Carlos Vale scored the goal. So 94 bucks. How's about that? According to MLS soccer, soccer.com com. Uh, it's actually the 90 plus fifth. So get another dollar in that donation. Let's do it. Hey, all right. Let's keep on raising it. Absolutely. All Have right. You how you always come in a lot lower than I do, by the way. Hey, you know what? There are ways than just these auctions. You're you're the <laughs> you're the finance guy, so that's you're supposed to be always drumming up money and figuring out how that all works. Yeah, I wish I could drum up a little bit more in my pocket, dude. You and me both, my friend. Uh, <laughs> look, we're gonna get into all the usual suspects with this day in LAFC history and news and notes, and we actually have a bunch of news and notes considering we just did this not too long ago. There's a bunch going on in the world of LAFC and MLS related to LAFC. And then we'll have the breakdown of what wound up being a late night beatdown of San Jose. We'll get to that in just a minute. A quick reminder, if you're not already, please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank. And that's bank with a C. And on Twitter at Defend the Bank because Defenders of the Bank is too long for Twitter. Thanks so much. All right, Philly, we're celebrating a birthday today, but it's not a physical person's birthday. No, no, no. It's the chorus of the black and gold as Julio put out there on Twitter, May 20th, 2017, LAFC announces the details, the birth, the genesis, the foundation of the 3252 and the supporter section at Bank of California Stadium in the North End with a safe standing and rail seating installment, the first of its kind on the West Coast. Philly, yesterday. 39 minutes ago it would have been today, but yesterday, the birth of the 3252, one of the seminal moments in club history. It's hard to believe that that was only six years ago. It really feels like a lifetime ago. It feels like LAFC has been around forever. It seems like yeah. doesn't seem like yesterday. Uh, it, it certainly doesn't. I, I think at this point, 
you know, there are a, a significant number of us, you and I obviously included, that have probably forgotten more games than most people have been to. So six years ago, obviously, we had the 3252, the best supporters group in all of Major League Soccer. I mean, such a such a pivotal, pivotal moment in club history. During the course of today's game, there were a couple of people that I, I didn't recognize sitting in our friend uh, Jason's seats. And they were all rocking Croatian gear. None of them were related to Stipe Buke. I could say that uh, first and foremost. But the couple of the girls that were sitting directly in front of me, they were in utter awe of what they were seeing. And like, I can kind of briefly hear their conversation in between taking notes about like, how do they do this? How do they, how do they do that? How, how do they have so much energy? They do, they do this all game long. Like they were in awe of the entire show. I think they spent more time watching the North end than they did the game. And that's, (laughs) that's a testament to how, far this supporters group has gotten where people come in for the first time and they're mesmerized by what they see in the North end to the point where they delay the focus on what was supposed to be, which is the match in front of them. They're focused more on the energy and everything going on within the North end. So happy birthday to everybody that was a part of that. You and I are obviously paying members of the 3252, but we have no direct correlation to starting any of it. We do know a lot of people that did and God bless you all. You've created something unbelievably fantastic. And as supporters of this club, we are certain proud to call you our supporters group and to be part of you as well yeah look it's very very simple philly and i have been here since day one but many of those that you see in the 3252 have been here since what we're actually talking about this with the cuervos at tailgate day zero we're talking about the foundation of the supporters groups the foundation of the 3252 that all happened well before kickoff against Seattle, up in Seattle in 2018. There were years of work behind the scenes. No no focus groups. None of that BS. No, no, no. No one got paid. This, this was a bunch of people who got together and wanted to create something unlike North America, at least the United States, had seen in any supporters culture, supporters section before to redefine what it meant to have home support, away support, all of that. Those are day zeros that we're doing that. And they're still there. They're still supporting our club. Happy birthday to the 3252. And again, you set the standard and you keep raising the bar each and every year. I got one more this day in LAFC history real quick because it's now the 21st. So I figured I might as well find something for the day that we are recording on. And it is a uh, it's a pretty cool one. I like this one. May 21st, 2018, the first five LAFC players were named to World Cup provisional rosters. We had obviously only been around for a couple of months, but we got to claim five players on provisional rosters. Uh, Not all of them would go on to play in the World Cup, but Laurent Simon for Belgium, Steven Betashore for Iran, Omar Gaber for Egypt, Marco Ureña for Costa Rica, and of course, Carlos Vela for Mexico. It's incredible to think how far our club has come with global representation, but our first five players, Philly, into the World Cup provisional rosters back in 2018. What's pretty cool about that is even back then when our club was within its infancy, they still happened to send pretty much above average, almost more players to the World Cup than yep. most other teams have. This yeah. is going back to before we really fielded an entire season. 
Fast forward to the most recent World Cup. I mean, we sent a boatload of players then, too. We would have been number one had Maxime Cripo not broken his leg. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a testament to the, the amount of talent that's that's on this team. It's 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 stellar. It's It was stellar back then. It's just a stellar, if not better, right now. And, Philly, speaking of World Cup participants and players who might be going somewhere else, it, look, when there's smoke, there's fire. Fabrizio Romano, right, tweeting out, okay, hold on to your butts. Jose Cifuentes to Rangers. Rangers, one of at least two fantastic clubs in the Scottish Prem, but uh, not much more after the top there in the Scottish League. But uh, Jose Cifuentes to Rangers, depending on who you ask, it's either happening or, as Rangers manager Michael Beal said, their deal's not close. We know the deal is not closed, but I can tell you from an insider's perspective, we know his manager was at the Ibrox last week. I think we said it on the last one more sleep. If yeah. Fabrizio's reporting it, kind of like how Tom Bogart tweets the inevitable, Fabrizio tweets the inevitable on a global scale. If, in fact, this does happen, I would say that this is without a doubt, one of the most successful clubs we've sent any of our players to. I mean, Rangers years ago, they were in era. Now they clawed themselves out of the depths of the Scottish footballing pyramid and are back to where they, they need to be, which is neck and neck with Celtic. Now, he was linked previously to Brighton and Hove Albion. But the cool part about this is, despite the fact that Brighton certainly loves their Ecuadorians, with Rangers, Sifu's got a much better shot at consistently and annually competing in the Champions League. Because again, Scotland's only got two teams. I think Aberdeen, Sir Alex Ferguson's Aberdeen, is the third most successful club in the SPL. It's always yeah. Celtic and Rangers. So yeah. Sifu's going to fit that system really well if and when he goes. And well, I wish him all the best. It won't be probably till around July 1st. So hopefully he uh, he, he sticks. Uh, hopefully he can be there to really produce and help us win a CONCACAF Champions League. And after today's performance, knowing that that's probably in the back in the back burner, signed, sealed, and delivered, he certainly played a much more effective game today than he has all season. But more on that later. He looked absolutely great today. And look, I, I don't I don't want to sell Sifu. I love Sifu. Love watching Sifu play. But if that means we're closer to bringing Roberto Firmino in, great, perfect, Jeez. love it. Here we go love again. It. Yep. I can't, hey, I'm going to speak it into existence, my friend. So uh, okay. uh, hopefully that'll happen. Look, uh, MLS made an announcement down at Snapdragon in San Diego on Thursday. The soccer Don heading down to Snapdragon and making the formal announcement that San Diego will be home to MLS's 30th and potentially final for a while franchise. Uh, they'll take the pitch in 2025. 35,000 seat Snapdragon Stadium as their pitch, home of the San Diego Wave as well. Their principal investor is a gentleman by the name of Mohammed Mansour, the Egyptian billionaire behind the conglomerate Mansour Group. Imagine that. With the Siquan tribe of the Kumie Nation joining the investor group as co chairman, they are the first indigenous people to be an owner of major league soccer franchise and uh for good measure sprinkling a little bit of manny machado he'll have a minority stake and that's all well and good except i didn't know that we had to start picking a fight with our buddy tom penn philly <laughs> yeah tom penn you know how uh for those fans of professional wrestling had i would refer to edge as the ultimate opportunist 
I don't know. When it comes to real life in Major League Soccer, I'd say Tom Penn is the ultimate opportunist. And I watched that entire press conference. When they mentioned L.A., Tom Penn was blatantly on screen booing. So I tweeted earlier out that day, are we going to boo Tom Penn? And at that point, he, I went limp. Sorry, I went limp for a second. We absolutely will boo the heck out of Tom Penn. And it's going to be rather ferocious since he's representing San Diego. Now, you remember during MLS Cup when we actually had the opportunity to chat with Don Garber in the Founders Club. I think we hinted at the fact that we wanted Vegas. And yep. he kind of smiled. And it almost was Vegas, I think, had the owner of the Knights not decided to pull out and buy Burnmouth instead. So needless to say, Chargers FC was born. San Diego Loyal 2.0. And I know you have your little names for this supposed rivalry that's about to start. But yeah. I just think we should just call it the Hoosier Padres series. Yeah, I mean, too too much of a San Diego influence on the Padre, that's for sure. Well, I think but uh, with LA winning consistently, I think it's like a like a way to stick it to them. Like, who's your Padre? I think that's great, especially I, when we uh, welcome them into uh, MLS by thrashing them. Look, it's going to be real interesting. Obviously, there's there's a lot of good football, a lot of good soccer being played down in San Diego with the Loyal, and uh, you know, it's it's be interesting to see how all of that coexists. But I, I'm already, look, I've already said it. I'm throwing out two different names out there. It's either going to be the Surfliner Showdown or the Coastal Classico. I kind of like Coastal Classico more than the Surfliner Showdown. I don't know why. It sounds a little a little more highbrow. But I, I do I do I like, like Surfliner Showdown. I don't know. So. <laughs> but we'll see how all that goes. I, <laughs> you, know, you know what we need to do? And I'm only saying this because you reminded me of it. Uh-oh. Jerry Jimenez. We need to create that graphic part of our history. There you- <laughs> Oh, the Godfather man. himself now down in San Diego. Uh, I assume going to be a big part of that organization. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, dude. He's very well connected down there. I and I would like to hold out hope, Tom Penn, that you were just booing because you were associating it with Carson, like you would boo them if you were still somehow in our front office. But but when they said LA and you booed Tom, we we, we saw we're we're just. That's we're gonna we're gonna hold on to that receipt for just a little bit there, Tommy. So I mean, we'll in the word, in the words of Daffy Duck, of course you realize this means war. <laughs> so I had to ask my middle schoolers, Philly, what OVO was, October's <laughs> very own. I had no idea, but oddly enough, when I looked it up online, I saw the the owl, the logo. And then I looked over at one of my middle schoolers and he was he was wearing a hoodie, a red hoodie with that owl on it. And I was like, dude, Max, come here, come here. What, what, what are you wearing? What is that? And he goes, oh, Drake's brand. And I was like, oh man. All right. So in, in case you weren't already broke, uh, LAFC partnered uh, with Drake co-founded clothing brand Ovo, October's very own, to release an expensive collection of apparel, a hoodie, shorts, and a t-shirt were all dropped on Friday, May 19th. The artwork was a collaboration with LA-based artist Mark Mr. Cartoon Machado, and he is as LA, by the way, as it gets of anybody out there in the art world. If you want one of your own, I think there are still some sizes available over on Major League Soccer, soccer.com, com store. Uh, check out everything over at MLSsoccer.com if you want. Philly, I know you have thoughts on the matter. Uh, $180 hoodie, something like that? No. For something that costs like five bucks to make, 
there's no way I'm dropping a buck fifty. I, I I don't get. I don't even care if money wasn't even an object to me at that point. Well, first and foremost, as far as Drake is concerned, say whatever you want about him as a musician and as an artist and as an actor. But I could tell you what, in terms of his association with sports and teams he bets on, he's awful. If we would have lost today's game, I would have blamed it on Drake. If we ever see Drake at BMO Stadium, kick his ass out, Paul, because he's nothing but bad luck when it comes to sporting teams and sporting franchises. So what if that's great. He continues to get rich, but get him out of our club. I have no desire to see Drake ever. What if he's supporting the other club that we're playing or something like that? We got to keep him in there though. At that point, that's, yeah, that's the well, maybe that's the thing. Like he, uh, he released the, he had the launch with Toronto FC and look at what's going on with them right now. Look, I'm not saying anything about him as a performer. You just see it all the time. The Drake curse. I didn't make it up. It's not my thing. Right. It's, it's a thing. So I don't want Drake anywhere near LAFC. Send him down to Carson. Maybe yeah. he's already in Carson's and they suck. There you, there you go. Uh, CONCACAF came out with their first ever club rankings. They've never done it before. Came out with their long-anticipated club rankings, and everyone was all upset. How is LAFC not number one? Take a deep breath, everybody. Uh, a list ranking all the clubs in the CONCACAF region placed LAFC third overall behind Liga MX sides Monterrey and Club America. Uh, before anyone freaks out, relax. They took into account all play from 2017 on, not 2018 when we started, but 2017, meaning all these teams had one year up on LAFC to earn points. And yet still, we placed third overall. Cannot wait, Philly, to see where we wind up after we win CCL, beating Leon. In case you were curious, Leon sits at number seven. Of all of the clubs in CONCACAF. They've certainly uh, been sitting for a while now. Yeah, right? Uh, Philadelphia Union, number nine. Sounders, number 10. And all the way down there, the 14th best club in MLS, according to this. And uh, the 31st club overall in CONCACAF would be one Carson. And the only club inside the top 45 that's not in Liga MX or MLS is CD Olympia of Honduras. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's, we were just chatting about that earlier today. You, you shed that fact, the shed some light on that fact. That's, that, no, that's interesting stuff. But like you said, we'll see what happens after, uh, after the first week of June and right? next so, year's rankings and ratings for that matter. So we're number three in those rankings and we're number 10 in the salary rankings. MLS releasing initial salary info. Major League Players Association uh, gave it out for all 29 MLS clubs, and we sit right in the middle of the table at 10th in overall spending with just under $17.5 million in total compensation. And by comparison, the only team who's still on single-digit points so far this season have spent $23.5 million for all nine of their points. But Philly coming down in price is that Carlos Vela salary just three point just three point yeah just how how is he finding a way to make ends meet just three point three million for Carlos Vela? I mean, for a man of his caliber and his talent, I mean, it's still kind of crazy that he's only making that kind of money. But what's even crazier is the fact that in the top twenty five highest paid salaries, our highest paid player is fourteenth, which is that of Carlos Vela. We don't have any other players in the top twenty five, and if yeah. you look at the players that top the list. They all play for really bad clubs right now. You're looking, Insigne is not the highest paid player 
in Major League Soccer. Actually, no, hold on. I think he is. No, isn't it Jared Shakiri? Shakiri is. Yeah. Uh, you got Shakiri number one, Insigne two, Chicharito number three, uh, <laughs> Lorenzo's running partner, Federico, Sebastian Giussi at Atlanta. These are your top five highest paid players, and none yeah. of them play on teams that have been exceptionally competitive this season. Yeah. Look, oh, by the way, Douglas Costa, number seven. <laughs> what a piece of a hot smelling, stinking trash he turned out to be in MLS. Yeah, it is it, to look at the finances of clubs like Toronto and Carson. At there are just some organizations that are dumpster fires right now. We do have six players making over a million dollars in total compensation. Obviously, Carlos at over three point three, Denis at just over two. And then you've got Kellen Acosta, Ilya Sanchez, Aaron Long, and Giorgio Chiellini all making over a million dollars in total compensation. One and somehow million. still making about a half a million dollars from LAFC is Pancho Janela. But this club is still getting a ton of bang for their buck. J-Mac doing everything that we have asked of him this season at just over $110,000. I mean, isn't Julian Gaines making just as much, if not as more, more, more than J Mac? Obviously, at this point, like J Mac's going to command a bigger salary, but that goes to show you how shrewd and clever the front office is to create the roster that they have and to put themselves in yeah. out of the top ten for highest paid, you know, salary teams. Like it's just, it's just insane. So kudos to uh to John Thorington and our good buddy Larry Friedman. I mean, doing an excellent job uh, maximizing the potential on this team without having to dive at the dole out is dole out uh, a lot of money i mean that's, yeah. that's that's tremendous it's also just unimaginable it's it's incredible we have the best front office again we talk about it all the time where we're playing chess when they're playing guess who half the time so it's it's a lot of fun uh that's our news and notes segment let's take a quick look at angel city philly you me and angel city along with the north carolina courage all scored the same amount of goals today except two of those teams had a match acfc Played to a nil-nil draw on the road at the Courage. Uh, the draw sees them drop two points, or excuse me, two spots in the table to ninth, but just two points out of a playoff spot. Their next match is up in Seattle at OL Rain next Saturday, May 27th. And, I mean, shoot, it's Sunday, May 21st already. So today, uh, LAFC 2 takes on Real Monarchs in Salt Lake City. So if you want to check out LAFC2, head on over to the MLS Season Pass and look at the MLS Next Pro button. Click on that and you get all your LAFC2 action. Again, that's this Sunday, now, today, if you're listening. If it's uh, not Sunday and you're listening, the game already happened. Sorry. Uh, Sunday, May 21st, LAFC at Real Monarchs. Yeah. <laughs> They don't call you the best color man in the business for nothing. I mean, I got uh, nothing on Angel City. To be completely honest with you, I I, I kind of forgot they played today. So, oops, I got nothing more to say about that. let your wife hear that. You're going to be in trouble. Uh, She's look. sleeping in the other room. In fact, snoring quite loudly. We made a Taco Bell run at the conclusion of this evening. She yeah, had her, so her quesadilla and her, and her big taco. And within two minutes out Jeez. snoring like crazy i got the door closed and i could still hear her snoring and that's okay i'm gonna say this because she's not gonna hear it and i'm not gonna get in trouble it's gonna be glorious for all of you out there that are wondering how and why philly sleeps on the couch so often you because just it's it. comfortable right yes keep telling yourself that right there folks i want you guys to clip that and send it on over to panda 
on Instagram. Idea, on, no, clip bad that. Idea. Send it on over. It'll be great. No, it's perfect. It's it's, it's a no. It's, first of all, I I couldn't find her name on the internet. I, I got to do a better job of sleuthing. But look, we're, let's get in the San Jose match. Whatever your name was that performed the national anthem, amazing. Oh, yeah. She was incredible. Somebody please get us her name. We got to give her her props. I mean, look, we've had an incredible run of great national anthem singers. But, dude, this woman... She was incredible props to whoever's job it is uh, for match day presentation or whatever it might be to get uh, to get this. The the national anthem singers. Uh, she was great, man. I absolutely loved it. And what an incredible way to get us in the mood and incredible rendition of the national anthem. That was great. Yep. <laughs> All right. So look, this is a this is an opponent that we know very, very well. We played him what 14 days ago, handing Two us weeks ago first, today, yes. Our first loss of the MLS season, two to one. Obviously, Christian Espinoza and Denny Bawanga trading first half goals, and then an unfortunate foul in the box on Daniil Maldonado fouling Jeremy Abobasi, leading to a scarf goal. Unfortunately, an 83rd minute penalty kick to complete the brace for one Christian Espinoza and a late penalty kick dooming the road team two to one. Do we have to really relive this all over again? Well, we're about to, but we're going to turn the tables on San Jose, a late penalty kick dooming the road team two to one. <laughs> you say it all the time, Philly about history bound doomed to repeat itself. Well, it was revenge season, and all we did was do exactly to them what they did to us two weeks ago. I like it. Let's get in. Let's get in the match and tell. Uh, let everybody know how today went. If uh, you don't know how today went, then well, hey, kudos to you for holding off and being able to turn off your notifications to listen to us tell you how today went. But today went quite well. Let's just it put did. it that way. It did. San Jose coming into the match 5-4-3, fifth in the West for 18 points with a zero goal, differ goal differential, 16-4, 16 against, and uh, zero wins on the road. Yeah, zero Still. wins on the road, undefeated at home. They're kind of like their brethren up in the uh, NBA, the Golden State Warriors. Couldn't figure out what to do on the road, knew exactly what to do at home. Luchi Gonzalez, though, has this club going in the right direction. They have been much more formidable with a change at the top. He is an excellent coach. They run a 4-3-3, but they would be missing their talisman, their catalyst. I know Christian Espinoza is that guy for them. Yeah, he, he kind of is. He leads the team in goals and assists. I, I'd say I hear he's you. their talisman. I scar. hear you, but this club is just different, as we saw today, with Cade Cowell off the pitch. In my opinion, Cade Cowell is the guy who creates matchup problems because of his physical attributes and his incredible speed he's a guy that can get around people get over the top really take the lid off of the defense and it was just very very clear from minute one in this match that without Cade Cowell who by the way is with the U.S. under 20 national team playing in the World Cup congrats to them on their win against Ecuador today in stoppage time one nothing but Cade Cowell who wasn't even the 18 for that game right um, he is 
one of the truly special generational talents, I think, in this league. And again, just 19 years old, a massive break for us that there was no Cade Cowell. You know how much I love to watch him play. A bit too much to the point where I, I'm wondering if you've got posters of him on your wall. No, but I have a lineup card from you that you brought back for me from San Jose, and he's he's on that. And I apologize for the wrinkliness of it because it did rain in that part of the world on that given day. But I did manage to scar, uh, scarf one. I did manage to scrounge one for you, scarf. I didn't <laughs> Dude, scarf I, the game card, no. I, I appreciate it, absolutely. Uh, let's get into the 11. JT Marjankowski in goal. Miguel Trauco, Rodriguez, Jonathan Mensa, and Paul Marie. Every time we play Paul Marie, I just like him less and less, but I think he's more and more talented. I don't know why. Uh, midfielders, Jamiro Montero, Carlos Guerrezo, and Jackson Ewell. Rounding out the midfield and Benji Kakanovich, Jeremy Ebobasi. We definitely know that guy. And again, I know there's no Cade Cowell, but you mentioned it. The dude is amazing, fantastic, and very, very good all at the same time. Christian Espinoza, who is, is he still? Yeah, he's still second in the golden boot race, I believe, behind one Denny Bowanga. Very, 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 very good player. Uh, in the 18, the only players you'll need to know about are Tommy Thompson, Judson, Tanner Beeson, and Useni Buddha. That's the 18 for San Jose, Philly. A rather rotated lineup for the black and gold. Can we just say that Tanner Beeson was in our 18, just for the sake of argument? Because he certainly helped out LAFC a little more than he helped out San Jose today. We'll yes, talk more you, about Tanner. that later. As far as our starters are concerned, yes, a very interesting lineup. John McCarthy is back after sitting down the last match. Ryan Hollingshead, Sergey Palencia, Daniel Maldonado, Chiki Palacios. Midfield, and congratulations on getting his first start at home in front of the 32-52 and everybody at Bank of Montreal. Shoot. Uh, uh, yep, five counts. bucks in the jar. Five bucks there in the jar. Go. It still is Bank of Montreal, but regardless. Congratulations, Eric Duenas. Oh, man, it's so cool if you're seeing him start. Uh, Ilya Sanchez, Jose Cifuentes, Stipe Buk, Mahala, and Matsi Bogush. Our bench consisting of Eldon Yakupovic, Noah Dolenmeyer, Diego Rosales. We talked about him in length on the last pod. So if you want to learn more about Rosales, tune into the last episode. That would be 250 of Defenders of the Bank. Daniel Crisostomo. Uh, back from that lower extremity injury, hopefully it wasn't his pelvis, would be the pelvis man himself, Julian Gaines. And then rounding out the bench, Carlos Vela, Danny Bowanga, and another young man who's becoming a fan favorite, Nathan Ordaz. That is your LAFC lineup. Dude, you're, you're going through the 18, and the amount of LAFC two names on there is just astounding right now. You got Duaneus getting first team minutes. You got Ordaz down there. You got Noah Dallenmeyer, Diego Rosales. I mean, look, I'll say this. The, the players aren't making a significant impact every single match, but LAFC 2 is paying dividends, in my opinion, a lot quicker than I think we might have thought they would have had to, uh, beginning with, you mentioned it, getting his first home start. And Philly, we'll have to get into his answer to my question uh, in the press conference at the end of this. 
If you don't love Eric Duenas after listening to his little snippets in the press conference, which I will post favorite. on YouTube, FYI. Yeah, just uh, just do us a favor and don't ever come to BMO Stadium if you don't <laughs> love Eric Duenas. He's uh, I I got one other message for somebody else later on in the podcast, but if you don't love Eric Duenas, get lost. All right, hit the road, uh, Jack. <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, hey, we scored two minutes seventeen seconds into the match. Yep, that's how it happened. Second fastest goal of the season and sixth fastest goal in LAFC history. Two minutes and 17 seconds into the match. Ryan Hollingset finding Jose Cifuentes at the top of the box. A little push pass to his left to Stipe Buke, who transfers the ball to his right, fires it under JT Marchinkowski. And just like that, before many people even got sat down in their seats with their beverage and their their foam finger and whatever else it is that you need when you sit down to cheer on LAFC. Bam! Just like that. Stipe Buke, the first of his career. Last match, it was Mati Bogush. Now it's Stipe Buke. LAFC 1-0 after 2 minutes and 17 seconds. And Jose Cifuentes getting that beautiful Beautiful assist, threading it in between Christian Espinosa and Marie. And I will say, Stipe Buke is going to be plaguing Marie's nightmares because there are a couple of instances yeah. where Stipe absolutely punked him. But when he receives the ball in the box, the wherewithal, and then that quick cut yeah. to clear himself some space and shoot it past Marcinkowski, that is a veteran kind of a play. And so I've been seeing a lot of crap on social media about him being, oh, a B-Rod 2.0. And for those people that are making that remark, sh shut up. <laughs> just, just shut up. Yes, the kid has been rather indecisive, and he hasn't been clinical in terms of his finishes. But, I mean, there's no doubt that he certainly is aggressive anytime he gets the ball in the box. He, uh, he, he, gets, he wins a lot of corners, and he's, and he's a threat. More importantly, he's not afraid to take a big shot when it comes his way. And he, he's been, like Steve said in the postgame, he's been a bit unlucky with the shots. And honestly, there's been some great goalkeeping that has thwarted his efforts. But he gets rewarded this time. And Jose Cifuentes should really get the, the kudos to that because he made a brilliant pass to lead to that. And if you weren't in your seats at the start of the game, you missed a brilliant buildup and a brilliant goal. Yeah, it was so much fun to see Stipe. He was so excited, too, when he scored. Uh, just an incredible job. Uh, Mati fires another one in the six-minute tough angle, but an easy save. And then Jeremy Abobasi goes down in the eighth minute. There was a bit of a delay. I mean, I feel like he was down for, what, two solid minutes? Uh, and look, uh, Jeremy Abobasi is not one that stays down unless he's hurt. He is not a player who Philly's got a foam finger. Uh, well, you said foam finger, so I went out and grabbed the foam finger. I did. I love it. Was that an Ontario Fury foam finger? What was Rest that? in peace. Empire <laughs> but, Strikers is what but, they are now. But it was, right? Like that Correct. Was a, okay, cool. Uh, and then Philly, 16th minute. I did. I, I missed his name. I forget who this head of the, who the official was. But uh, he blew a tire in the yeah. 16th minute and was absolute garbage for the rest of the first half because he couldn't really move well. He was running like I do out there. 
<laughs> you threw something at me because you were sitting above me, uncharacteristically of uh, of you. You were sitting above me, and you made me write that exact note. So if you look at my notes, 16th minute, ref blows a tire. That's literally what I have, um, and that would be one of a couple of occasions in which you had to have LAFC trainers come out there to tend to the referees. So one would say we were building up our goodwill and our karma, and that certainly would come into play in stoppage time. Yeah, it's uh, he was not that referee was terrible in the first half. Uh, but look, at the end of the day, he goes to VAR, awards us a PK at the end. So I guess we can't complain about the refs much at that point. Uh, Benji Kukanovic with a shot high over the bar in the 18th minute, and Monty Bogush with another shot over the bar. It it looked like the flag went up too. It looked like he might have been. I mean, look, if the last goal was offside at the end of last match, this goal was definitely offside because I don't even know what's offside anymore. Uh, I mean, I know what I know what the rule is. I know what offside is. Everybody breathe. Everybody relax. But Bogus with the shot over the bar wouldn't have counted anyway, as we were called offside. Sifu did create that pass. So Sifu yep. connecting quite nicely within this game, and maybe the pressure of him knowing that he's going to play in Europe with it being ward off with his representation, strongly considering offers over there. I, I think so. Again, if Fabrizio Romano's reporting it, it's got to be somewhat true. I think now that he sort of understands where his future is going to be, I think he's kind of playing with a little bit of ease right now. And he certainly had one of his better games this season. I mean, he was way better last season. I will say that much, but he made the first goal happen. Obviously created the opportunity there. So Jose Cifuentes playing one of his better games. We talked about the ref blowing a tire in the 16th minute. Well, the 22nd minute, that magic spray was back out there to yep. handle the same official twice within a matter of less than 10 minutes. Yeah, look, and, and real quick, going back to Sifu and what you were saying, his agent is no longer in Scotland because uh, we saw him at the end of the match today. Uh, oh, I, 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 I missed him. I didn't get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he was walking out the same time just about that we were walking out. Oh, because uh, you went out the other way. Yes. I went out the back door. That's giggity. Uh, so, but yeah, look, here, here's what I can say. They're, they're working on something, right? That's, that's all we know at this point. But uh, we're going to miss that, dude. Either way, uh, LAFC getting a bunch of corners between the 24th and 25th minute. San Jose getting a corner in the 28th. And then I don't know what we were doing there in the 29th minute, but an awful, awful turnover by LAFC. And then to make it worse, the ref who couldn't turn and run in the right direction, he just turned and looked in a particular direction, calls a yellow on what looked to be a fairly shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder tackle by Daniil Maldonado. Again, not super happy with this referee in the first half, but... Daniil with another early yellow man. And now he's got to go 60 minutes on a yellow when we don't have, we have what Noah Dallenmeyer back there at center back in the 18. And Oh, by the way, Sergey Palencia, who Philly remember last press conference told everybody, yeah, I had never played center back before. And then they told me to go play it. Well, Hey, how about you start our next match at center back? Enjoy Sergey. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. No, you're right. That's literally word for word. What he said, uh, Daniel Maldonado, I, I actually enjoyed watching him play. He's come up with a lot of a big plays, but obviously you don't want to get yourself in a position where you have to play tentatively for three quarters of the match to be remaining. But fortunately, he, he didn't put himself in a position to obtain another yellow card, which would have been far more detrimental. Now, three fast forward three minutes later, 
this is where San Jose really starts to, to, to get pretty nasty against us. Off of a set piece, corner kick by Christian Espinosa. The ball ricochets and rebounds right in front of Paul Marie, who had an absolutely brilliant shot on target. But it was J-Mac having what would be a welcome to the save of the month kind of a club uh, save. I mean, it was, it was a brilliant attempt. It was without a doubt on target. J-Mac had the wherewithal to make a fantastic save, and that keeps San Jose out of the back of the net, at least for this point on. Little did Paul Marie know he just put too much on the ball. All you had to do was kind of gently kick it towards the goal, and it, it'll go in apparently for San Jose in this match. But more on that in a little bit. Sorry, J-Mac. I know I'm giving you a hard time there, bud. But uh, I absolutely love Eric Duenas. I, I am definitely hustle, on man. I'm definitely on the Eric Duenas fan club, and I loved in the 33rd minute, that great sequence that he had to both clear the ball and then force a turnover. I mean, the dude is just all heart. Uh, I think now is the time, right, where we, we'll we we'll talk about it. We asked, we were able to ask Eric Duaneus a question, and I, I said to him, I said, you know, you, uh, you've been in this organization. I mean, the kid's 18 years old, right? You've been in the organization eight years now. I think you said he, you know, he, he started – in the when he was what 10 11 started in 2014 yeah 20 i mean jesus the kid has been around this organization and he said to us he's like yeah i can remember being in the north end in the 3252 and cheering for them and now when i'm playing i look up at them and all i thought was are you like that's that is every kid's dream i just think of all the young women and all the young girls who attend the angel city matches and and are able to see themselves out there on the pitch and all the young boys who attend the LAFC matches and they're able to see themselves out there on the pitch. Well, Eric Duenas has lived it, man. How cool is that magical story? I love Eric Duenas. That's a great story. I, I don't know why the hell I said 2014. We weren't even in existence in 2014. A long 12-hour day, so I stand corrected on that. He's been with the club and the organization for a while. But yeah, I mean, he was all over the place, made uh, a lot of nice hustle. There was a play that occurred. It really wasn't anything that would be noteworthy or stat worthy, just something, a little something I noticed. Um, Bogush had a pass in the Mahala at one point, somewhere between the 32nd and the 35th minute. And what I noticed about that, when he received the ball, just his physical like ability to play, like we have very young thin finesse players. And we have had him for a while. Think of the likes of a Diego Rossi, somebody like that. But like Bogus is a tough, sturdy kid where like defenders are going to come in and press him real hard. And he's going to push him off, muscle him off. They're going to bounce off of him. I mean, that's what you want out of a player in, in his position. And again, nothing noteworthy, but when I saw him just making a pass and just hanging on to the ball, when he was, you know, getting troubled by a defender and watching that defender, like he stiff armed him and then he bounced off of him. Like, that's pretty darn cool. I like watching Mati, Bo- I would like watching Mati Bogush do his thing. I mean, when he runs, it looks, he looks like a gazelle or an, or a figure skater. He's like skating down there, but I love how, how hard he plays, man. Like the kid's yeah. not afraid to get mixed into things. No, he's a fun one for sure. Look, I, there's not a lot that happened. The rest of the first half, we had seven minutes of stoppage. Because there were yeah, a series like the of World injuries. Cup all over again. Yeah, uh, there was a series of injuries. I get it. It was a lot of stoppage. But honestly, LAFC kind of owning possession throughout the entire stoppage time. Uh, there were, I don't know, a couple of op- a couple of opportunities, but 
that first half, after we scored, it, it got kind of boring. I know San Jose was pressing, was pressing, was pressing. They did a great job in the middle parts of the first half to really take the air out of the ball, control possession, and then stoppage time rolled around and we took the ball. We controlled possession, had a couple good opportunities. But Philly, we're going into the locker room up one nothing. I don't know if there's anything more that you want to say about this first half, but no, I thought all. it was it was a fine performance from a lineup where I think we got the absolute most that we could have out of them for 45 minutes. We were up a goal, and that's all you can ask going into the locker room. Yeah, other than that big save that that J Mac had, yeah. I, I didn't really. There weren't really too many threatening possessions that I do recall from the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, we had, I mean, both teams had six shots. LAFC yeah. had two on target. They maintained possession, but I'd say we came out and had a pretty decent and solid first half. We started out hot, which was great. Uh, we had an opportunity where, you know, we could have gone up too, but you know, needless to say, not, nothing happens there. But I was really impressed with the play of Jose Cifuentes. His passing was pretty crisp. I was impressed with the hustle of Eric Duenas. I was impressed with the physicality of Matsi Bogush. And one thing that's going to go unnoticed because it's not a stat, I, I'm, I was impressed with the way Chiqui Palacios and Daniel Maldonado played up on Christian Espinosa, their, their leading scorer. They did a really good job uh, thwarting him from really getting any clean, good, solid looks on John McCarthy. Yeah, I thought this was an excellent game. For Cheeky Palacios, I agree. I thought our entire back line played very, very well. It was a, it was a fun first half. And uh, so you come out, second half, you are optimistic about things because we played very well. You look at who's in the 18 and you think, all right, how much time are we going to get before we can bring on a Carlos Vela, before we can bring on a Denny Bawanga? When does Steve Chirundolo play that card? No substitutions made at the half. Uh, Mahala with a shot saved early, the 47th minute pass from Stipe Buke. But uh, JT Marchinkowski is there. The next minute, you got Paul Marie from this. Dude, I love, I, I really do love how Paul Marie, if he's, once he crosses that midfield stripe, he feels like he can score from pretty much anywhere. But then you really had from that Paul Marie attempt on through a very unfortunate moment in the 51st minute. You really had San Jose Philly dominating possession, dominating the opportunities for the next five or so minutes. And, and I got to ask you, Philly, was that a cross? Was it a shot? And what the heck was J-Mac doing there in the 51st minute? No, I think that if you ask me, I think that was just a really lousy played cross. I don't think that that was a shot because, I mean, if you looked at his reaction, <laughs> he, he seemed he seemed stunned that it happened, but the way it happened was even worse. There was a ball that got like lobbed into the air really high. And and Eric Duane has had a really, really bad touch on it. I mean, his, his bad first touch essentially deflected off into Jeremy Abobasi who, who finds, wait, hold on. We're talking the 50th minute who finds Christian Espinosa uh, rattled it off the post on that play. That was a scary moment for a scarf. Um, McCarthy did actually get a fingertip on it. And then, you know, that the, the shot, it was, um, you're talking about the 53rd minute. I'm like three minutes behind you. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I was talking about the goal. I was yeah, talking yeah, sorry. about, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like reflect back on that, that play that Espinosa had that McCarthy actually got, got 
got tipped on. Uh, Dwayne has obviously made the mistake, but hey, lesson learned. And J Mac did have some encouraging words on it. Now, now, Jesus, now, now, now that my brain is starting to function, uh, Espinosa had that shot that bounced off Buke. And I thought, like, by watching the replay, it might have been considered somewhat like of a handball. I thought, like, his elbow got in the way, like, he chicken winged it. But, I mean, what an awful bounce and, and a bad goal that was. J-Mac certainly wasn't looking uh, – I mean, he got caught off guard. I mean, that was it was a dangerous bounce as it was. But, yeah, it's John McCarthy got caught staring. Let's just put it that way. He stared at the ball as it went in the back of the net and just immediately put his head down. Like, damn it, John. Like, he was upset at himself on that one, you could tell. And, and I just think – he got caught out of position. Maybe he thought he was a little further over, closer towards the post than he was. Again, it kind of reminded me of the knuckle puck from Mighty Ducks. It really did. Like, it just kind of hung in the air. It took an odd angle. Nothing special on the shot whatsoever, unfortunately. But it's Trauco with the goal, and he might have been as surprised as anybody else. At BMO Stadium, LAFC did everything they had to do, a great first half, and you just thought, look, if they can get an hour out of this lineup, maybe maybe Coach Terundolo will press some buttons and, and bring in some, some reinforcements. They didn't get to the hour mark, unfortunately, Philly. They got to the 51st minute before that goal. And I'll say it again. We give up the goal, and then the game gets real boring. For quite a while. I mean, look, my personal opinion, Philly, other than the 62nd minute when the boys knew they were coming out, so Mahala and Mati got together, and uh, Mati just shot from just outside the box, was saved nicely. I, I think the boys looked over and they saw, all right, we got to figure something out here. We're coming out. Let's let's get a play together. So, uh, you know, they went over, drew it in the sand, you know, called their own play, and Mahala over to... Uh, uh, excuse me, over to uh, uh, Mati Bogush and his shot saved. And then Steve Trundolo, he looks up and he says, all right, all in. Pushes his chips in the center of the table. I mean, if if these substitutions didn't spark the fear of God in you as for Luchi Gonzalez and, and the San Jose Earthquakes, then I don't know what would. At that point, the game is even, played relatively well between the two sides. But now you're subbing in Timothy Tillman. Now you're subbing in Carlos Vela. Now you're subbing in Denny Buanga. I mean, at this point, it's like, all right, you're (laughs) the murderer's row. You're about to get murdered. Uh, And I'm not going to say they did get murdered, but man, like I would be terrified of watching this, this gruesome trio subbing into the game. You knew that it would have to turn the game over on its head. There's no way that LAFC would leave BMO Stadium this evening with just one point in a tie when they held off and put the assassins in in the 65th minute. Yeah, you know, the only thing you ever worry about, right, is is it is, is it too late or do they have enough time to establish their chemistry? But, oh, wait, it's Denny Bawanga, Timothy Tillman, and Carlos Vela all coming into the match. We're talking world-class talent no coming doubt. on. And look, no, no, no negativity at all for the shifts that Mahalo, Poku, Eric Duenas, and Mati Bogush put in. An incredible shift for Eric Duenas. Loved everything about it. I Look, I thought maybe Mahalo was a little disinterested for parts of the match, but he still made the runs. He still brought the energy. And Mati Bogush had, I think, an excellent match. And these are guys where, okay, now we know. 
Now we know against top MLS talent. And I think San Jose, we're going to see them end of the year. They're going to be one of the last four uh, teams in the West still standing. That's how good I think they are. Well, what we did was we threw the young kids out there and we said, figure it out. Let's make it happen. And they absolutely did. So at the hour mark, just after the hour mark, uh, we got the one move made by Steve Chirondolo. So it's counterpunch time when Tommy Thompson comes on for Benji Kakanovich and uh, Judson coming on for Jackson Yule. In between that, by the way, a really nice sequence between Carlos Vela and Stipe Buke. But unfortunately, his shot saved easily by JT Marchinkowski. But Punkin so Marie time. again, though, with Stipe. Punkin Paul Marie yet again. No, absolutely. Stipe... Palmer is a very good player, but he is not going to enjoy watching the highlight reel of, of that tape. How about uh, the highlight reel pass? Danny Bawanga into the box. Ryan Holling said 68th minute, the header just wide, but immediately you see the fear that Danny Bawanga is able to put in the hearts of their opponents. Carlos Vela said it in the post game today with us in, in the room about how Danny's just a dangerous player. Anytime he gets the ball, he's dangerous. He makes things happen. And, and that's true. Anytime he gets the ball, and this is a highlight reel. Just the way he moves, the way he dribbles, the way he evades a defender. I mean, he's such a joy to watch. He's unlike any other player that I recall seeing in the six years of this franchise. He, he's a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of fun, 73rd minute, Jose Cifuentes, again, playing a pretty darn good game, forces a turnover, and he's running on the counter. He's got Denny Buanga to the left of him. He forces Jonathan Mensa and Rodriguez in. The defense collapses on him, but they do a great job preventing LAFC from taking the lead. Uh, Sifu try to take a shot, but it deflects off of Rodriguez, and JT Mar- Marcinkowski's there to make the save. But, hey, you got to credit Sifu. For causing that turnover, you got to credit him for making that run. Could he have passed it off a, a bit sooner? Sure, because he attracted three defenders his way, and that would have left Denny Bowanga wide open. But play didn't happen. But again, C. Fuentes doing big things in this game. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, the second half really settled down after we brought on, and then Lucha Gonzalez brings on his couple subs after the 67th. Not a whole lot going on, even through, let's say, the 83rd minute or so. Look, there was a series of corners for LAFC. We couldn't make anything happen on them. Very clear that uh, San Jose, they were putting seven, eight, nine guys in the box whenever they had to. And then again, I like it. A little counterpunch move again from Luchi Gonzalez. Uh, Useni Buda and Tanner Beeson, who will come in, uh, in this the hero of the game in just a little bit. Uh, coming on for Hamiro Montero and Jeremy Abobasi, I'll say this. Jeremy Abobasi had a wonderful first half. Did all the things that Jeremy Abobasi does except put the ball in the back of the net. Most of the second half, Philly, I, it's going to be weird saying this because it's Jeremy Abobasi. Didn't, I didn't forgot. He, I forgot he was on the pitch. I mean, he went missing. He absolutely went missing. I mean, to, to be found where he wasn't, he wasn't anywhere in there. And thank, thankfully for us, because we know that Jeremy Abobasi is an LAFC killer uh, during his tenure with Portland and his early tenure with San Jose. Jeremy Obobese yeah. was effective at making things happen. Hell, he was effective at making things happen the last time yep. he came around, getting the foul, attracting the foul by Daniel Maldonado. Yep. Jeremy Obobese is a good player, man. Solid Frenchman. He deserves every bit of praise that he gets and that we give him. But like you said, he disappeared within the second half. When his team needed him the most, he didn't step up. And well, 
that's going to be the make or break for a team that this talent that this talented. Like if the big players don't step up, things are going to happen. He wasn't there, and then people are going to question where was Christian Espinosa. I mean, he did have a couple of nice shots, but once again, Chiqui Palacios playing tremendous uh, defense on him. I mean, we our, our defense certainly stepped it up against their big players. Clearly, they listened to one more sleep when I said, hey, be mindful of Christian Espinosa and Jeremy Abobasi. Because when I mentioned that in the last one more sleep, nobody paid attention, and Christian Espinosa scored a brace. This time around, they listened. And what happened? We won. Kudos to Philly. Or as I'm saying, calling myself right today, the philomaniac. One would hope that they don't have to listen to us to know (laughs) to maybe bottle up those guys. But first of all, we appreciate you guys listening and taking Philly's advice on that last one. Second of all, we got to go back, maybe rewind. I think you called Jeremy Abobasi a Frenchman. Is he French? He's very American. Jeremy Abobasi is very American. Yes, but he was born in France. Okay. okay. All right. I just. So that makes I, him part French. Yeah. I mean, he was born in Paris. I know I'm not crazy there. I just double checked. Yes, I know I'm, he's American. But okay. I'm just saying. He was born in Paris. I know he was born in Paris, but you know, you know where he went to high school, by the way? Mm, Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson High School in, Ball, in North Bethsaida, Maryland. Uh, that's that's kind of neat. Walter Johnson High School. Anyways, this is not a baseball podcast, even though I was talking baseball uh, at the tailgate quite a bit. That was fun. Uh, we, well, we our buddy to- Tim, who we got a chance to meet with, said one thing. He said one thing to me. Uh, he mentioned how he loves the fact that we talk about other sports during this podcast. We so. do. Shout out there to Tim. Go. And you know what? Shout out to Walter Johnson. That was we. We know you would listen to the podcast if you haven't been dead for like fifty years. But either way, uh, uh, we got a. Uh, Nathan Ordaz coming on for Steep Bay Buke in the 85th minute. Going to try to close out the game, just running around all over the place, trying to make things happen. 87th minute, I did not like that Cheeky Palacios was a little gimpy as our corner uh, that we earned was caught by JT Marchinkowski. Just something to keep an eye on if Cheeky's even a little banged up. I don't know. Maybe we sit him down for the Open Cup match against Carson coming up soon. And Judson, man, I, I, I said it. I'll, I'll just read my note verbatim. It's second down and eight after the two-yard run by LAFC, tackled by Judson for a yellow card. I mean, that was that was an American football tackle right there. And Judson just kind of looks up and runs the other direction. Like, yep, got him. That was a big yellow. And uh, and then Philly, we get into stoppage time, and we've got four minutes to find a winner. <laughs> Funny how stoppage time at the end of the second 45 was way less than that of the first. Now, the very bit, the very first bit of uh, anxiety inducing match play, if you will, was when Tommy Thompson connect with Chris, connected with Christian Espinosa. He had a very ambitious attempt from outside of the box and it just missed the target. It really was a beautiful shot that took a really nice bounce. But fortunately for us, it went to J Max left side. I don't know if J-Mac would have made that play had it been on frame, but a really good pass by Espinosa. And then when the game changes in the 90-plus second minute-ish, uh, Ilya Sanchez forces a turnover, finds Carlos Vela as he's driving into the box, and then the player of the game, the man who should have been awarded the 3252's man of the match, Tanner Beeson. Without a doubt, it caught his hand. They showed it pretty clearly on replay at BMO, and everybody went nuts. And it took 
Maybe it was because he was still kind of gimpy, but it took that head referee a little too long to call for VAR. But you know what? Better late than never. And imagine that. A late penalty kick. This time, for LAFC, we had to endure one in the 83rd minute for Christian Espinoza. But no, no, no. This would be awarded, and the captain steps up to the spot. I'll, I'll say it out loud because I said it to uh, to Nina when we were watch, watching the moment happen. I go, I f- should feel more confident than I do about Carlos Vela stepping up to take this kick, but an absolutely beautiful goal before Carlos even stepped up to it. JT was leaning the wrong way, JT Marchinkowski, and it it's, I mean... You caught the keeper leaning, so you just put it in the opposite side, and Carlos absolutely nails it. So we're five minutes in to four minutes of stoppage time on the goal, and you got to be thinking that's all over but the shouting. It was all over. It certainly was <laughs> all over. I mean, yeah, we might have – I mean, there was that one play that Nathan Ordaz almost connected with Denny Buanga, but Marcinkowski was there to intercept what would have been a brilliant pass and an inevitable goal. But right. other than that, that's, the, that's all she wrote. And thankfully, thankfully, that's all she wrote. Yeah, three points that we very much needed just to kind of uh, – I, I kind of felt like Austin Powers at the end of it. I got my mojo back, baby. Like, it mm. just mm. – it was one of those where that was a terrible I, – I apologize. Mike Myers, we know, even though you're Canadian, you listen to this podcast quite a bit. you. But that was a terrible Austin Powers impression I just did. Sorry about that. Uh, but it puts LAFC back up at the top of the table. 25 points from 12 matches, two points clear of Seattle, with, by the way, two matches in hand on the Sounders. Man, it feels good to be back at the top, Philly. Oh, it certainly does. And uh, we we played a good game. I mean, final stats, we had 15 shots to their 14. Six of our shots were on target to their three. Led in possession, 57-44. We certainly doubled up on them in terms of set pieces as far as corners were concerned, 15-7. And we were a bit chippier than the Smurfs in this game, uh, obtaining 15 fouls to their nine. But you said it, we're first place. At BMO Stadium, my friend, we've outscored opponents 15 to 5 in the six regular season games, and we outscore our opponents 22 to 7 in all competitions. As I mentioned at the top of this podcast, only two teams in Major League Soccer right now are averaging more than two points per game. It's us, and shockingly enough, FC Cincinnati. I don't believe we play them over the regular season. And that's a beef of mine. Winning a supporter shield is a cool thing, but you got to play everybody in my opinion. But now that there's 30 teams in major league soccer, it is pretty tough to create a schedule in which you're sticking to your conference opponents. And then you get to play everybody else, but certainly feels good to finally say best in the West on our way to eventually saying best in MLS. Absolutely. Right. Uh, Look, you mentioned it. FC Cincinnati. Top of the supporter shield race, 30 points. Uh, we are tied for second now at Nashville. But again, Nashville has played 14 matches. We've only played 12. So five points back of the shield. Plenty of time left in the season. We are, what, 12 matches in from what is a 34-match season. So we're just over the one-third mark. And Cincinnati not running away with anything, but already to have 30 points. They are doing some things in Cincinnati. Philly, we got a match in just 
two days. It's Sunday, May 21st. So a match in just two days, Tuesday, May 23rd. Carson comes to BMO for the U.S. Open Cup round of 16. And we've talked about it on the last couple of episodes. And I, I kind of asked Steve Chirondolo point blank, right? I, I asked him in the in the press conference. I said, all right, so you, you brought on Carlos and, and Denny and Tillman kind of late. And, you know, how does that play into what you're planning on doing for the Open Cup or maybe in Champions League? And he literally said, I, I have no idea who I'm going to play in the Open Cup on Tuesday. I'll know on Monday. Monday is the day before Tuesday. Monday is the day after today. So that's tomorrow. Uh, it's it, Look, I've made my feelings known. If this were not Carson, if we drew Salt Lake or Colorado, we would not even be having this discussion. We roll out, and I'll say it because you brought it up. Somebody called them Eldon and the Chipmunks. Um, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, Eldon and the Young Kids, whoever put that meme out there. I know I said this before, but you're a terrible human when he was walking out with the player escorts. And uh, they said, Eldon, walking out with his <laughs> defenders for the match. I was like, damn it. It's so funny, though. They're, that is funny. They're, they're, they're young, is what we're saying, guys. They're young. Uh, Eldon and the kids, roll them right back out. Here's my thought. If we roll them out and Carson beats us in the Open Cup, what is Carson going to do? What are they going to say? Ah, we stuck it to LAFC. Look, this is a turning point. I get it. I get it. I get it. People are screaming at me right now going, but it's Carson. Every time we play them, we have to win. We have to stamp them into the ground. And and I want to do that. I'm, I'm here for it. However, when you roll out the young kids and then the young kids find a way and we win, maybe maybe 2-1 on a late goal, and all of a sudden – we now see, we got those beautiful images. I don't know if you saw this, Philly. They had this new underwater mapping project where we actually have these high-resolution images of the, of the Titanic. Oh, I did very, see that. Where they put cool. it in like what? They, they put it like in London Stadium where West Ham plays. That? Yeah. It was, Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the actual, the the pictures of the Titanic. Did you see it? Oh, well, there was this, uh, there's this company. Well, it's funny you should say that because I was watching something on YouTube about the Titanic as well. And like the, the digital photography and the video capturing that they had, like they they had it laid out where they had like this digital image placed in London stadium where West oh, wow. Ham plays with the, the wreckage going the length of the pitch. And it was just fascinating and how they could look at and see every single nook and cranny of the Titanic. It's beautiful. That technology has improved so vastly. But it's kind of comical how in VAR we all can't agree upon and see the same thing. So, so the reason why I bring that up is because we finally get to see all the way down to the bottom of the ocean these high-resolution images of the Titanic. If LAFC's LAFC 2 squad with Eldon, maybe with a little bit of rotation, right? You sprinkle in some some maybe maybe Mati Bogush plays, maybe Stipe Buke, maybe... Kids are going to recover quicker than the old guys can. Absolutely. and And even... Maybe maybe you see a Jesus Murillo play for 45 minutes because he hasn't played for a while, gets him a little bit of burn coming into it, whatever it might be. But you play the young kids. What we would be able to see is somewhere underneath the wreckage of the Titanic would be absolute rock bottom down in Carson. We would be able to say that 
not only is Carson dead and buried for this season, but we beat them with our LAFC two squad. If it wasn't Carson guys, if it was Colorado or Real Salt Lake, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. We would play the young kids. We would kick the can down the road this year in the open cup. I know we want to win every trophy all the time, but on May 31st and then on June 4th, we have the potential to not just win CONCACAF Champions League, but be able to play clubs who compete on a global scale. You imagine we draw a Manchester City or a Barcelona, or look, I'm hoping for the sake of the partnership that Bayern is able to hold on to that Bundesliga spot, but it could, be Dortmund. Could, could be Dortmund, could be Bayern. We don't know. It's not going to be only Oberlin. But can you imagine LAFC... We're not talking about a friendly. We're talking about a match in the Club World Cup. I, I just that's where that's where our focus has to be. Your your thoughts? My thoughts are are this. Um, speaking of Carson, the dumpster fire continues. Our good friend Scarf Tyler Miller gets himself a nice clean sheet against the Galaxy. Three to nil in what was an absolute defensive implosion after like the 70th minute. Right. And coincidentally enough, all of that came by way of Raheem Edwards coming into the match. And then within a span of 10 or 11 minutes, all of a sudden, Carson finds himself down three to nil. What a dumpster fire. Now, I agree with you on a lot of senses. And something that you mentioned, uh, and Steve mentioned when you asked him that we didn't mention here was. Yeah, he doesn't know what lineup he's going to put out because quite honestly, like the lineup he put in today has no bearing on what his plan is for that game on Tuesday because he has no right. clue, like right. you said. But if the Galaxy continue to go down the road, they're going to go down. You, yeah, obviously, like the, the wheels are falling off. There's one last wheel on there. If the players truly want to rid themselves of the system and Greg Vanny, then they will just give up the match to LAFC Oof. on Tuesday. We've Oof. seen players refuse to play for their coach when times have gotten tough. I don't, I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be the case uh, here in this U.S. Open Cup game. Now, it's a perfectly good opportunity for them to turn themselves around and gain a little bit of confidence and sure. a shred of dignity. Because regardless of what happens in the game on Tuesday, it has no bearing on their positioning and ranking within MLS because it's got, it's not a regular season game. They're still the leaders, undisputed right now, of that wooden spoon. But if they really want to rid themselves of the horrid coaching and the hard front office that is going on right there, they just bow their heads down and allow LAFC to walk all over them because at that point, you have to imagine that changes would be made within that coaching staff if LAFC obliterates the Galaxy on Tuesday. Even more so if they obliterate the Galaxy with the Young Bucks sprinkled in with a couple of starters. If that's the case, then Greg Vanny has to go. And if that's what the players and the supporters on that end of the 110 want, that's what needs to happen. So I'm pretty confident one way or another that we're going to win this game on Tuesday. It does matter. It's your biggest rival. And the last thing you want them to do is to lay any claim at anything. You want to leave them dead and buried in a hot steaming pile of sewage. 
down in Carson, along with the remains of Cosmo, their mascot. We call them the Cosmonauts. I want to see them dead and buried. And Tuesday is the opportunity for LAFC to do that. Half the kids from LAFC 2, the other half starters, go out there and bury them and then focus on Leon. I And look, the other good part is, right, we have eight days off between the Open Cup match, or eight days in between, I should say, the Open Cup match and the first leg down in Leon. Yes, there will be a little bit of travel, but it's not like Leon is a long flight. I mean, it's just as long to get to Seattle, basically, as it is to get to Leon. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm really looking forward to the lineup that we put out there. And uh, and look, if anything, it just means we get to be back at uh, BMO in oh, about 60-some-odd hours from now because uh, it's uh, it's uh, – your, your mic keeps doing that thing. It's 1.45 in the morning. Your your mic is tired. So are we. Uh, look, we're going we're gonna to have an episode for you in just a couple days, recapping our win over Carson in the Open Cup. <clears throat> and then we're going to have another episode for you in just a couple days, our second part of our Getting to Know series. We did one on Monterey Bay FC. We should have done one on Alajuelense. We did not. We apologize. But we are going to get into the second uh, installation of our Getting to Know series. This one will be all about Leon, our opponent in Mexico, so that you can feel like you know everything you need to know going into watching or attending that match down at Estadio Leon uh, on May 31st. And then, of course, we'll have a full recap of the first leg and a full recap of the second leg and the celebration that will ensue after we bring home CONCACAF Champions League trophy. I love it. Um, do you have anything else? Because I just have one last thought before we go. I, I do. Uh, go for it. All right. So, Philly, you and I had, a, uh, had an Instagram conversation today with somebody about oh. the- this hat right here, in case you're you're just listening and you're not watching on YouTube, I'm holding up is the brand new Pride hat that just came out. It is a fantastic LAFC LA with the wing logo with both the rainbow colors of what I believe is the Pride flag and the colors of the trans flag. And you and I both saw the hat and fell in love. We're like, oh my God, this is a beautiful hat. Not only is it obviously very well done, but it's also something that's important to us. Um, I'll, I'll let you speak on a particular connection that you're going to have for the June 24th Pride match uh, in just a minute. But we had somebody in our comments put out there, yeah, but why did they need to make a Pride hat? And there were a couple of comments that ensued. And the bottom line is this. I'm just going to throw this out there for anybody listening. You don't have to be part of Pride Republic to be a member or an ally of the LGBTQ plus community. But I can tell you this, if you are a person who feels like those people in our community don't belong in our community, I am perfectly fine with you never listening to Defenders of the Bank again. This club and everything around it 
has said from minute one, we are all inclusive. Shoulder to shoulder, block by block, street by street, one by one. Not asking you your ethnicity, not asking you your preferences, not asking you your religion. None of it matters. But if the sight of seeing a rainbow LAFC logo is just too much for you, that's okay. We don't want you here. And this is the scarf saying this. If you're not going to be tolerant, at least try to learn tolerance so that the next time that opportunity presents itself, you don't look so intolerant. And also, how do you claim that you've been an LAFC fan since day one? And ask that question. We've come out with pride gear all the time. We are a club that is uh, all are welcome, all inclusive. And like Scarf said, if you don't believe in that, GTFO. And if you really have a problem with that, come find us at the tailgate. Just come find us at the tailgate. There, there's no place sure. for, 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 for any kind of hate. There's no place for any of that. If you support the, 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 the hideous goalkeeper chant, Get out, get out, get out of our way. Don't listen to our podcast. I don't, yeah. I don't give a crap. At this point, we've got hundreds of thousands of downloads. I don't need a hateful person listening to Scarf and I talk about anything. We welcome everybody. The only color that matters, the only thing that matters in this is, is LAFC and black and gold. I don't care about any of the other stuff. I don't care about your politics. I don't care about your homophobia. I don't want to have any part of any of that. Yeah. All right. So we're all inclusive. All are welcome. And if you feel the other way, get the f- out. That's that. There you go. You had something else you want to say. Yeah. And on that note, I want to end uh, with a quick reminder, Scarf. Yes. For the millions. And millions. To remember this as well. We are the trailblazing, MLS cup raising, always competing, Smurf stew eating, goal scoring, rip roaring, styling and smiling, black and gold wearing, hate on us because you can't stop swearing, defending champions of this league and CCL finalists. And don't you forget it. And you know how we like $10 episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Outro. Uh.